You're listening to She's Got Drive podcast, the podcast that inspires women to be the driver in their own life through the life and stories of black women who drive. And I'm your host, Shirley McAlpine. I'm a business consultant, an executive coach, and a leadership facilitator working with people and organizations to live their life by design and not default. Welcome back to another episode of She's Got Drive. And this week, it is a year anniversary of She's Got Drive podcast. A year ago this week, I launched She's Got Drive, having had the first episode live at the WOW Festival at the Apollo in Harlem. And then following that on the Sunday, I released the first episode in the the equivalent to this week, three other episodes, I believe. And so I'm in the Bahamas this week doing some, a little bit of work, but really giving myself some space. I call it my work and rework week. And what I thought would be great is to put out this week the first the very first episode that was at the Apollo it's been quite a year having started she's got drive I absolutely love being the host of she's got drive podcast I'm completely passionate about it it feels like a suit that I've put on that really fits and uh, more than I expected you know in terms of how much I love it and I wanted to kind of celebrate this week by really going back and sharing the very first episode, which I feel very proud of. You know, I've um, done 37 episodes in the last year and have had, have interviewed 37 women um, and brought 37 women to you on the podcast. And I've had a few solo episodes in that time. It's been just so wonderful to really hear the inspiring stories of the women that I've interviewed who have inspired me, have given me ideas, have given me um, strategies and tools. And I know that has happened with my listeners as well. You know, so I love listening to the stories of my guests. And I also love listening to, um, to the stories of my listeners and reading the messages that you have sent me, the conversations that I've had. Sometimes I've bumped into listeners who have shared with me um, what they're getting from She's Got Drive and the reviews that have been left about She's Got Drive and the difference that it's making in the lives of women and men actually as well. But, you know, my focus is around black women and it's the difference that it's making. And one of the times, you know, I remember being completely moved to tears when someone shared with me that it keeps her going to work, you know, um, listening to the podcast. And it keeps her sane. It keeps her understanding that some of the challenges that we face are not imagined. They're very, very real. And so, you know, these stories and the strategies that I've shared through my consultant coach um, guests as well as my, um, as the other guests, you know, as well as my individual episodes, solo episodes that allow you to, you know, think about how you can be putting things newly in your life, doing things differently. I won't deny that it's a lot of work putting on the podcast. I won't, you know, I have a full life already, you know, I have a thriving business, I have two beautiful children, a wonderful husband, and you know how I didn't. I don't think I really realized how much work it was going to be. But it's a privilege to bring it to you. It's a privilege to be the host. I don't take it lightly. I'm enjoying it so much. So if you keep listening, I'll keep share and keep sharing it. I'll keep bringing you the wonderful guests, and I'll keep doing. She's got drive, and I really do have some plans for 
Um, she's got Drive going live at some points um, online and in face-to-face, as well as, you know, continue to bring guests and continue to do some other work. So thank you all. Thank you to my guests for being willing to share your stories with me, to share your life with me, to have those moments. You know, I've developed some real wonderful friendships with some of those these women as well, which was a which is really a bonus um, for me. And thank you to all of my listeners who listen to each episode, um, who have shared with me, who have written reviews, who have inspired me to keep going. And so I really hope that you enjoy the first episode, the first ever episode live that was recorded live at the Apollo with these five amazing women who I want to give a special shout out to Melanie, to Shalay, to um, Kimberly, to Regina, to Tanique, who really said yes to recording this live conversation at the WOW Festival. And here we have it, you know, so please enjoy the very first episode of She's Got Drive. Hi, everyone. Welcome to WOW Podcast. My name's Shirley McAlpine. You can tell I'm from Chicago, can't you? (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. I am so excited, I can't tell you. So I'm launching my podcast at the Apollo in Harlem in New York. And I'm I'm from East London, right? Right? So this was, this is an unpredictable result for me. I mean, I remember being very young and watching TV and watching the Apollo theater and all the stars. And so I'm, it's my star moment and I'm taking it. Thank you very much. Um, So this is She's Got Drive and I'm launching this podcast. Um, It's been a passion project for a while. And so let me tell you something about me. I am a coach, I'm a consultant, I'm a facilitator and a speaker. And I have been working around the world for the last 26 some years, working with people on their development and figuring out how to have a life that they love and figuring out how to have a life, living it by design versus the default lives that we're born into. And so um, I decided to launch this podcast because I, I wanted to interview black women and women of color about what is it about them who are succeeding in the fields that they're succeeding in. Because let's face it, there are many places where women are not succeeding, where black women are not succeeding, but there are some who are. And I've really got curious about what is it about them? What is it that lies behind their drive? And if you can figure that out, that perhaps you can start to replicate it. So I'm going to be interviewing women, and I've got five wonderful women here with me that we're going to start this today. But interview women to find out what empowers her, what are the things, what are the strategies that she uses, what are the sources of her success, and also, well, what lies behind her drive. But also, when you've got an obstacle, how do you go beyond it? And if you can start to listen for the tools, the tips, the strategies, then perhaps you can start to apply it in your own life so you can focus on where you want to succeed and, um, and take those tips and apply it in your own life. So let me introduce my wonderful panel of women today. So we have Melanie, if you can indicate, as I say here, and I say, we have Melanie Barnett. She's an award-winning interior designer, 
Melanie is founder and design director of Melanie B, a company specializing in handcrafted custom carpets, inspired wall coverings, and artisan tiles. Her luxe creations have enlivened premier hotels, iconic office buildings, and sophisticated private spaces. She's been featured in Huffington Post and Design Sponge columns in both national and international press. Thank you so much for being here. And then, yes, why not? <laughs> Come on, of course. And then we have Dr. Shalay Sims. She's the Assistant Vice President of Academic Affairs at SUNY College at Old Westbury. Her work has been featured in such publications as Group Decisions and Negotiations Journal and the International Perspectives of Social Entrepreneurship's Research. She sits on the Board of Managers at a YMCA. She was also a member of the Supervisory Committee of the Teachers Federal Credit Union, which is one of the largest credit unions in the country. Yeah, let's hear it for Dr. Shalay Sims. Thank you. And then Kimberly Seals-Allers, there she is, award-winning journalist, author, speaker, and communications consultant. She's also an advocate for breastfeeding and infant health. Her former, she's a former senior editor at Essence and writer at Fortune magazine. She has just published her fifth book, Yes, this year it came out, The Big Letdown, How Medicine, Big Business and Feminism Undermine Breastfeeding. She is the author of the Mocha Manual series, The Mocha Manual to Turn Your Passion into Profit and The Mocha Manual to Military Life. The Mocha Manual to a Fabulous Pregnancy, which was her first one, was nominated for an NAACP Image Award. So let's hear it for Kimberly. And then Tanique Blair, she is. She's Vice President of Business Operations and Planning at Nickelodeon. Tanique has, is a 17-year Nickelodeon veteran, has overseen the preschool toy, amusement, and musical instrument businesses. She's been working on mega hits like Dora the Explorer, SpongeBob, we all know these, don't we? SquarePants, and the, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's a tongue twister. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and manage relationships with top industry leaders, including Mattel, Fisher Price, Matchbox, and Power Wheels. Let's hear it for Tanique. And last but by no means least is Regina Fleming, award winning photographer, CEO of Regina Fleming Photography. Regina is a former model and actress, a motivational speaker and a marathon runner. Over a 20-year span, she has appeared in hundreds of publications, including O Magazine, Good Housekeeping, Forbes, and Essence. Regina was first placed at the Wedding and Portrait Photographers International Awards of Excellent Print competition for both her wedding and portrait photography. She is a graduate of the distinguished Tory Birch and Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business Program as well. Let's hear it for Regina. Yay. Yes. So we're going to have a conversation about success and how you get there so we can figure out what lies behind these awesome women's drives. So let's get started on that, shall we? Mm -hmm. Great. Okay, now I'm going to take a seat. <laughs> so I want to start with, um, let's just start with how we define success. So how do you define success? Who wants to? I'll start. Yeah, thanks. Oh, I think that success for me is really defined, has been defined differently at different points in my life, and it has pretty much been about kind of creating the life that I needed 
for myself at that time. Um, when I was at Essence, you know, that was viewed as successful. And obviously as a black woman, as a journalist, that was certainly a pinnacle of, of, of my career and, and extremely successful. But then when my life circumstances changed and I was going through a divorce and I realized that I couldn't really be the mother that I wanted to be with two children, making this crazy commute. And so it, having that job wasn't, didn't feel successful. So I needed to create a life that allowed me to now be successful given those circumstances and those priorities. And so I think really being able to define um, and design your life according to whatever is your priority at that time has been part of how I viewed my own success. If I can piggyback on that, great point. It's also being able to embrace the change and know, see the change coming and be able to flex into it so that you can really make your life bigger and really create the opportunity for yourself. So I mean, I commend you for doing that and it definitely is the most important thing in order to achieve. I will, I will bring it closer, y'all. <laughs> Can you hear me now? <laughs> I think it is absolutely vital to flex into the need to change your life and being okay to confront the fear of the unknown in order to build the life, become the architect of your life in that way. Right. And I'm going to piggyback on both of them. So I'm going to combine them. I'm going to say, yes, I agree with success has changed for me, depending on what I'm doing. I remember when I was a model, success was how many bookings I could get and how many jobs I could get. And, and as I segue through life, um, I think success now is more about having peace of mind mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and being happy. Um, we can't control every single circumstance, but I can control how I respond to them. So finding a peace in everything I do makes me extremely successful. Yeah. I think that's really powerful because people think about, particularly in the work context, we have models of what success looks like and then really having a more holistic view of success. You mm -hmm. know, it's about, and, and, and for us to, to adapt. So then, um, Let's start with then, move on. To, what's your biggest challenge that you have faced in your work, in your pursuit? I'm happy to take that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right, and I have to be quick because I've already had the talk. Um, I mean, it's been a twofold. The largest challenge that I had is myself and me limiting myself based upon fear and insecurity. It's that voice in your head that kind of questions, you know, what, will you be able to do it? Will you be able to achieve it? And overcoming that. Um, so in any situation that I've been, I've been with Nick for a really long time. Um, my positions have evolved throughout the 17 years. I have not done the same thing, I promise. But at every single time I had to meet a new version of myself and face those fears and find the support group, the, the, a group of supporting people to kind of help me push through and figure out how to get to the next step. So in that case, it's me. And then the other, it's the fearful voices in my head. Not the crazy ones, just the fear. <laughs> we know we all have those voices in our head, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. that, that get in our own way. Mm -hmm. Anyone else want to take that? What is it, what's yeah. been your biggest challenge? I would say the biggest challenge is certainly around, you know, that fear. I mean, I feel like the, 
you know, as, as an entrepreneur, you think the first business enterprise is you, right? And so if I'm not okay, then my business not okay, my brand's not okay. And so really the challenge is working on, you know, kind of getting past myself. One of my earliest challenges when I first decided to transition was kind of feeling okay that I didn't have a big name behind me. Mm. And I was really addicted to uh, direct deposit and every other Thursday paycheck, <laughs> which are a very beautiful I thing, the, the golden handcuffs. And so, you know, it was a real challenge for me, one, to be okay that I didn't have these big names behind me um, anymore and that I had stepped into a path of kind of creating my own financial freedom, which, you know, is great on one end and has its own challenge on the other. So um, I think those, you know, those challenges, part of it is personal and your own kind of saying I'm good enough and being okay to kind of step out and to say that and to mean that and own that has been um, a key challenge. And then, you know, kind of just living that every day. Mm. Anyone else? Yeah, I was going to say that, um, I mean, living in this society, being here is a challenge, mm -hmm. as we all have to face it. But I think one of the things that we could do is like, I look at challenges as opportunities, mm -hmm. opportunities to create, opportunities to figure out what's next. And I think that if we embrace challenges as a part of life and not look at it as oh my gosh this is the end of the world i'm not gonna i'm not i'm not i'm not and we are going to have that voice and i believe when we have that voice questioning what we're doing mm. that means that's part of our growth because mm. if we're not being questioned that means just playing safe mm -hmm. and life is about learning lessons and i always say to myself as long as i'm here universe god whatever you want to believe in bring on the lessons mm -hmm. because that's how you will continue to dream bigger think about what think about possibility and live life knowing that there are so many possibilities mm -hmm. of what you're able to accomplish one of the things when i'm working with my clients is i talk about how we do not expand in from comfortable spaces you know, it's in a place of discomfort, really, I, you know, where we have our biggest lessons, our biggest growth. That's right. And so we can lean into that versus right. run away from that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I want to tap into that a little bit because I think part of the challenge is that um, as you are trying to grow and develop and accept these challenges is really maintaining your perspective about what this journey is supposed to be. And very often, especially when you talk about golden handcuffs, we have a very clear context about what our sense of success should be. And we have outside people who are judging where we should be, how we should do it. And it is very difficult as you continue to challenge yourself to then maintain that perspective that you are doing what you're supposed to be doing, when you're supposed to be doing it, that your measure of success is continually, continuously allowing yourself to grow and change and be challenged by those circumstances. If you wait for other people to agree with your judgment, you're not gonna stretch yourself at all. So I think that's one of the greatest challenges that we develop, as we, that we face as we grow. I want to jump on just to say one thing. She used the word journey. And for, I'm sure for everybody sitting here, you, you didn't wake up one day and you were at A and then all of a sudden you were at Z. You went on a path, A, B, C, D. Sometimes you're very high, sometimes you're very low. Like she said, I look at everything like it's an opportunity. Doesn't mean I didn't have days that I was didn't know what to do. And it didn't mean I didn't have days where I was crying like, oh my God, this is crazy. But the thing was, it's, I always thought about forward movement. Mm -hmm. Like how can I get from here to here? And this could take 10 years. You know how people say somebody's an overnight success, mm -hmm. but it took them 10 years to be that overnight. It was a long night, right? <laughs> <laughs> so when you think about it like that, 
you, you think like really moving yourself forward, like taking one step at a time. Quick story, I know the time. My brother had a, a really serious stroke when no one believed he would, he would survive it. And, and he did, yay. But when I spoke to him about learning how to walk again, I said, how did you learn how to walk? And he said, I would just think, right foot, left foot, right foot. So that's how we can go, one step at a time. You don't have to do everything at the same time, but just look for a forward movement on your journey. And the journey can be really good. And remember, all journeys are not just for you, it's for you to pass it on to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so powerful. I'm, more, I'm curious about in those moments in the difficult times which you've spoken about, thank you for naming those, what is it that gets you moving? Because I, I heard you say you've got to keep moving, but what is it that has you keep moving? Because some people don't keep moving, that's part of why um, there's a limit of the number of women who are holding those spaces, because it's not that they haven't tried to get into those spaces, but when they get there, they get stopped, they get stuck, they don't have the support network, and there's a number of things. So what is it that keeps you moving? I come from, like so many of us, a single parent household with my mother and my sister and I and a supportive family right from Harlem. Um, I was raised in Queens though, but I did my summers <laughs> in La Hall. <laughs> Not the Hamptons, but Harlem. Um, but seeing her journey and how hard she worked to provide for us an amazing life that I never felt like I did without, but in retrospect, you, you see the struggle on the other side. So as I look at it through that lens, my first motivating factor in the first part of my career was to not recreate that pattern and to make sure that my family was good. So I've always been motivated by making sure Michelle, my mama, is good. Mm -hmm. And then everyone as, a, as an extension. And now that I've recently had a child, um, 18 months Jackson, um, <laughs> it's different. He will be fine. Mm -hmm. So that's not the question. The question now is to show him that he doesn't have to have a means of survival as in a job, as now he can choose his life and create what, create what he wants. And the money will come. The money has to come. <laughs> so I want, I mean, so when I'm in these moments, you know, those are the motivating factors. When I sit at a table and I'm the only black woman at my level all the time, when I'm not quite clear how to fit in, I think of these people in my life and I know that it's not that I want to, Lord knows I do, it's that I have to because they're with me. Right, mm -hmm. right, thank you. Anyone else? I agree. I'm. We're having the same experience. Um, we'll talk my, later. Yeah, my mom was widowed and she had five children. Mm. And I saw her um, really want the best for us. And I remember my mom saying, well, you may not have a lot of money, but God gave you a brain. That's right. And with that brain, you can do whatever you want to do. And I don't know, maybe I had, it's in my DNA, that I never thought I couldn't do anything. I just thought, I never had a thought like, wow, I can't do that. I always thought, how can I do that? How can I make that happen? And that's always been me. So even when I get stuck, I may have to pull back for a minute and go to a quiet place or go to a fun place, just change my space for a minute. Mm -hmm. 
But then the ideas start rolling really quickly, and I'm like, okay, I figure this out. It's like ladies, when you want that expensive pair of shoes, and you figure out how to get the money for it, it's right? Okay. It's the same concept, just thinking about what do I want? And remember, my goal and everything is always for success is peace of mind and happiness. I just wanted to add to that because I think that in addition to having these amazing, powerful motivators, whether that comes from our parents, certainly my children, I'm always like, my babies need to eat. So that's a powerful motivator. Um, but also, I think for my work as well, um, you know, and I don't want to talk about negative motivation, but I see a lot of uh, you know injustice, and I, and I see a lot of disparities, and I do a lot of work in Detroit and Philadelphia and Birmingham and many places where things are not like New York City at all, mm -hmm. and it really makes me angry um, to see what my brothers and sisters are, are suffering and what's happening to mothers and babies, and so many times I am motivated out of sheer anger. <laughs> And I mean that in, in, in a positive outcome about the things that I see going on mm -hmm. and that I could possibly make a change and that I could use my gifts or my mind or my skills to, to possibly change the wrongs that I see is a deep motivator for me um, because these things are unfair and I, I have this thing for injustice and I don't think it should exist. And if I could do something about it, then that motivates me to keep going. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking that um, your question about why do some women stop, and I think part of the, the reason is there's no clarity as to what is it they want for their lives. Mm -hmm. there, there is also the idea that stopping is an option. Um, I never grew up with that idea of stopping as an option and being a black woman in a field where it's predominantly white male and mm -hmm. female, I know my responsibility as a designer and what I do that I know that I'm opening doors for the generation behind me. And I think about, oh, did if Harriet Tubman stopped, mm -hmm. you know, would I be here? Mm -hmm. If Sojourner didn't speak out, would I be here? And I could list many of our ancestors who had very little and that the, the, the option was not stopping. Mm -hmm. And so I think just being a black woman, it's just part of our DNA that stopping? No, 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 no. We don't know what that is. <laughs> it's all about moving forward. And I think on the other hand, being, as being a woman of color, we have a wonderful community where people are always watching, good, bad, or indifferent. And you don't have a choice to stop. If you stop, people are, like you said before, there are people who are behind you who are trying to propel you forward to help you carry out their mission. And there are people ahead of you, children, who are looking at you, waiting for you to do something, hoping that you're going to continue to move in a direction that's going to change things. And so you really can't watch, because somebody's always watching you stop. I'm curious, because one of the things that makes me think about is, you know, if I think about my family, came from the Caribbean to the UK, yeah. you know, there is, in, it is in our, in our system, in our being, the ability to move, to, tra to transform, to look for the, the spaces and the places where we can thrive and, and continue to grow. And so maybe it's when some women can't see that, can't lean into that. And have you ever had that experience where you can't lean? I think she kind of spoke to it when she said clarity, right? I think sometimes we don't know. You know, it's like we have a conversation. You're like, what do you want to do? I don't know what I want to do. I know I want to do something different, but I don't know what I want to do. And that's, that's a difficult place for a lot of people. They don't know how to navigate out of that.
no, I do not have the answer. But I think that um, for me, when, when, whenever I, I get stuck, I told you I step back and then I come forward. And little things come, I don't know, like little symbols or little, like people may have conversations or you turn on the TV that day and someone's speaking to something that resonates with you. And then you start building on that moment or you go to church and that sermon is for you. Mm -hmm. You're like, that is for me. Sometimes you just have to, like I said, step back and start letting the universe, whatever that translates for you, let it speak to you. Because I think everything you want is inside of you coming out, not outside coming right. in, but it's in there. And it's like giving you little messages, like you know you wanna be a blah, blah, blah. You know you wanna go here. Or you know that's the person for you. Kind of speak to that. And so most people are clear about what they don't want mm -hmm. versus well clear about what they do want. Mm -hmm. And they spend a lot of time speaking about what they don't want. Mm -hmm. yeah. we, and what they don't want shows up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but you I was going to say, oh, Shirley, I think the, uh, another part of the problem is that it's okay not to know. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we're in a society where you like, everyone thinks everybody has the answers. I listen, I, I grew up in a small town in Connecticut, family from the Caribbean as well. And I didn't know I wanted to be a carpet designer. Mm -hmm. I never knew this existed. <laughs> but what I did was I knew I wanted to be creative. I knew the art, I knew painting, I knew photography at the time, that's all I knew. But what I did was I kept moving forward, said, oh, let me try this, let me try this, let me talk to people, let me connect and start to figure out what it is that I wanted. And then the picture started to become clearer. I mean, I still have, you know, desires, I'm still trying to figure things out. I mean, that's part of being an entrepreneur in, in business, it's just part of the, the journey. But I think if you, I, had, I have a life coach and one of the things is that when you don't know, we are scared to seek help to figure out so we do know. And we think that this work is supposed to be done by ourselves because as black women we're trained, you're supposed to take care of it, handle it, and nobody's supposed to help you because you're supposed to know what you're supposed to be doing. It doesn't work like that. And so I had a coach that used to say, you know, when I had an issue, like, I just don't understand how that, you know what? Worry about figuring out what the problem is now. Just keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. Because the answer will come. And if you believe that it will come, it will. Believe me, it does come. Don't know when it's going to show up, but it will come. And just understanding that it's okay not to know what you want to do, but it's not okay to stop and just not do anything. The doing is seeking people to help you figure it out. The doing is taking that moment to be quiet to listen to what it is you really want without having everybody else tell you what you want. Mm. The doing is keep doing something that you love versus not what you don't love. Because life is not about doing things what you don't love, because that's not living. I wanna, yes. <laughs> yes. I'm curious about what did you wish that you knew before that you, um, you know, something you know now that you wish you knew before. That you are enough of everything. Everything, everything. I wish I would have known earlier that I was enough, right? And I don't mean that in like, don't get a degree in whatever you need a degree in. I just mean that in a knowing sense, mm -hmm. that when you show up for something. I don't know the exact stats on this, but let's just say you're applying for a job and the job bid comes out and there's 20 things on that job bid, right? Women, 
Men will, women will look at it and say, oh, I only have, you know, five or something and I'm, I'm not going to apply for it. Men could have one thing on there and they will apply for the job. You know, women, we have it. You, that's, that's what I would tell my younger self. I tell anyone I mentor that you, it's inside of you already. You're just bringing it out. I think I'm blind here by the lights, but I think there are young people in the front. Just know now, I'm saving you lots of years. Know now that you are enough. It doesn't mean you don't keep growing and learning, but that, that something inside of you is there for whatever, you, whatever the desire that you have. And when you hit that desire with that knowing inside, that's when you explode and you become mm. whatever it is you need to be. I really think you and I are living <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> but what I would add to that is ask questions. Ask all of the questions that come to your mind because 50 other people have the same exact question. Mm -hmm. So you ask all the questions in the way that comes to your spirit, and you get all the answers that you need to help <laughs> propel you to whatever it is you're trying to get to next, across the street, wherever. And as long as you know that you are enough and you ask questions, you'll then learn to find your voice. And once you find your voice and know in that knowing that you're enough, you are unstoppable. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I promise you that. Yes. I wish I'd known that just how long the road really is. Because when I was younger, I really felt that I had to have everything now and be successful at 20. And if I didn't do it, then I was a failure. And there really is a lot of time in life that we have to figure out, take our time, have different experiences, different elements of success, different elements of failure and still keep moving and that all of that is contributing to the overall success of your life. I would have enjoyed things much more mm -hmm. early on had I understood that how long this journey really was going to be. I just wanted to add to that because I think as women of color it's also really important and the thing that I wish we had more conversations about when I was younger is about the burden of success particularly as it relates to black women. I think you've heard all of us share personally how we may have felt responsible for a family member or I was a first generation college graduate and me being in essence meant everything to my family, right? And for me to walk away from that, what them, I mean, they were confused. It's like, what do you mean? Who, who leaves a job, you know? Um, and so really understanding that we have a unique burden. And even with your success, that burden continues. And sometimes I struggle with the burden. There have been literally times I look at my inbox and there are people who are asking me to come, to speak, to write something. They believe my words could, could change what's going on or my presence could do something. And at times it is overwhelming. I start to cry and I have to shut my computer. Like the burden of it, because we do feel so responsible for our community, whether that's our families or the people who look like us all over the world, that you have to be prepared for the burden of success and that we have to talk about that because I think we feel it uniquely in ways that other people don't. Like, you know, I talk to my white girlfriends, they're like, what's, what, what's your problem? What are you talking about? It's like, no, I gotta take care of my dad and you know, mm -hmm. you put me through college and you know, I have to go to Detroit. And they're like, ah. So again, it's, it's a different type of way and I think that when we can talk honestly and authentically about the burdens that we feel that come with our success, then more of us um, will be prepared to deal with that and have the strategies, the tools, the team, whatever it is, to make that kind of not be a stopping point, but something that we can kind of add to our journey. 
can I add on to that? Yeah. Actually, I've thought about that question many times, and actually, I'm glad I don't know what I did. I'm glad that I didn't know what I knew then, like because if I knew a lot of the things now, I probably wouldn't have bought that house in Brooklyn and renovated it and started the business at the same time. I probably wouldn't dated that guy and learned that lesson. I probably wouldn't have been a carpet designer and realized that it's really hard to make money. You know, so I think that all the things that have happened in my life, you know, I embrace them as these are all the experiences of life and learning and lessons. So yeah, it'd be nice to know like, okay, I needed more money to do a business, but then I may not have done it. And so it's like sometimes when we know so much, mm -hmm. it's part of the obstacle that we use for not doing. And so if you think about like, I mean, again, I go back to our ancestors. They didn't know. They just did. Mm -hmm. You figured it out. And I think that's the beauty of life. That's when the magic happens. Mm -hmm. Because think about it. When you're coming from nothing, you learn how to use your talent, your pure talent to create something. Mm -hmm. But when you're given everything, you become stagnant. Mm -hmm. So I just look at it as a, a as a way of not knowing, as again an opportunity to grow and create. So I'm awesome. my, I'm mindful of the time I've been given a notice. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you had to, I'm going to go from each of you. Had to say one piece of advice for black women out there. What would you give her? What gift would you give her today? I'll go first. Yes. Because since I have a twin over there. Um, <laughs> so my piece of advice would be something we did not talk about, and that is self-care. My piece of advice is I used to be a flight attendant, and we would say put the mask on yourself first before you put it on the other people. So that's my piece of advice. Take care of yourself. Everything is everything is everything for you. That's my first piece of advice. Because you can't do any of this other stuff if if you're the one sick at home in bed, right? And I know we don't have a lot of time, so that's all I will say. Take care of yourself. So self-care. I've actually got time for just one more person, I've been told. I'll jump in. I just want to say be authentic. I mean, like, you know, we struggle enough to kind of find our authentic selves and really being okay with who you are, stepping into that, whether whatever that looks like for you, and just, you know, kind of celebrating your authenticity. I think that's really important. Great. So thank you so much to my guests for being here on She's Got Drive, the first hey. podcast. Give it up. <laughs> that's so great. So you can, um, for if you want to listen to She's Got Drive, you can subscribe on iTunes, you can subscribe on Google Play, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, and if you subscribe, then you're going to hear this podcast is going to go out this week, along with a couple of other episodes coming out this week. You can follow us on the She's Got Drive Facebook page, um, you can follow us on Twitter. My Instagram handle is Shirley McAlpine Consulting. If you want to find out more information from me and then we've all got so in the show notes for this episode you'll be able to see the the contact details for the women who are on the panel today so thank you so very much for having yeah. this dream come true for this young woman yeah perhaps not so young anymore ha -ha. <laughs> this young woman from east london in harlem today thank you very much this is the end of she's got drives launch Woo